Denver, Colorado. Who's your jabroni? God, is it fun to watch MPJ go full MPJ, huh? Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5. Somebody excite me. And Altitude TV. I cannot stand the whole concept of levels. I like to level things out. I like order in my life. It's Mosher, Lombardi, and Kane. You want to feel my muscles? They're bringing the house. I want to reiterate this here. I want the D. Here's Vic, Mark, and Brett. Right goes the defenseman in the family. That puck rolls to McKinnon. Able to shed a man. Farsight one-timer, score! Miko Rantanen, the moose, got loose in the bottom of the circle. It's a power play goal. Guys, we did it. We got a win, everybody. Let's give it up. It's been a while. Gosh, I needed that. I really, really needed it. It was Big time win. Wasn't perfect, but it was pretty damn good. Pretty damn good from the Avs last night. Come out of the gates hot. You give up the tie pretty quickly afterwards, but then you just keep chopping away at it. And uh, Moj, I think overall pretty much everybody on the ice had a solid game. How's that sound? I, I do too. Hey, ain't we going to talk to the coach about this today? We will at 8 o'clock. All right. Ain't, ain't we going to get some, some funness going on? Hey, man. Um, yeah, I thought everybody played pretty well last night, Kane. I really do. And, uh, you know, it's it's good to see. Vic, you wanted six goals scored by the Avs. You got them. Now you gave up three. You wanted eight, but it's okay. Uh, oh, that's right. You want Well, your wish list was eight, like to Santa. Your super wish list, eight. But you take six, so you got six. Oh, yeah. Uh, they started out like gangbusters. The Colton goal was terrific. Obviously, Taves flings one in, and then bam, bam. Friggin' Malenstein and McMichael, man. They go hard to the front of the net. And those, again, when we've talked about what's ailing the avalanche, we'll talk to Jared Bednar about this in about an hour. You know, it completely just blown coverages in your own end, right? And and that's the problem. And then you start to put it back together. Okay, all right, we cool, we cool. Arturi Lekkanen. Gets one, and you love to see that, man. Four-point night for him last night. Then Miko on the power play. Okay, okay, now you got a 4-2 lead again. You kill off a Washington power play to start the third period, and then an absolute horse feathers mother frickin' bleepin' blankin' call. What? Relax on, on the M's followed by F's. I know you didn't say it, but that was yeah. you made me nervous there for a second. You need to, oh, you need well, to I'm sorry. A little bit. Well, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry Get to... Get your uh, damn act together. I'm sorry to make your little heart flutter. Yeah. Your little heart flutter. Oh, good boy. You're not even it's, pushing the button anyway. Martin's going to push the button. I got a button. I'll push that you button. You want me to say it? I'll, no. I'll say it. There's, I'll even say it for kids, everybody on Twitch. There's Bring kids it. going Let's to go. school this morning. Yeah. Anyway. We already got this. Some, we got some texts yesterday about your mouth. This... Shush up. This phantom <laughs> this phantom elbow by Manson on Wilson in the corner. Dude, I don't know. What, what do you want me to say? I, here's what, what I want to say. What, what, here's what, what I want to say. Me, what do you want me to say? How come It made when, the game a lot closer than it should have been. How come when um, a guy like Josh Manson puts somebody up against the boards in a totally clean hit way, he gets called for an elbow, but Cogliano can break his neck four times and nobody ever makes a call. That's what I want to know. I thought One it was of the mysteries major. of life. It's like, why is, why is there air? 
Why do? Why is there air out there to breathe? How does a telephone work? I don't know. It's a mystery of life. I thought it was major taboo and a no-no to flop in the NHL. Is flopping making its way to the National Hockey League? Because that was a flop. Well, well, I'm not sure it was a flop though, Vittorio. I mean, I, I think Wilson oh, coming. See, Wilson, Wilson was wearing a full bubble on his broken nose until the yeah. All Star break, and he got he got nosed up there into the glass. I mean, you know, there's no doubt shouldn't have been standing there. There's no doubt he got smeared a little bit, but there was no penalty. I, I mean, I, to me, that was just a that's just a hockey play. I. I'll, we'll talk to Coach about it. In fact, one of you guys should ask him about it, and um, we'll get our we'll get our answer. But either way, a couple of empty netters, blam, blam, game over, blam, blam. I'm happy, blam, blam. Looking at Vic's face in his little vest this morning, blam, blam. We're good to go. Um, you know who I thought was really good last night that I don't think he I don't think he ended up on the uh, stat sheet. Druin felt like he was everywhere yesterday. Setting guys up, making plays. Am I wrong on that, Moj? I don't think he was on the stat sheet, was he? I thought he, I, I thought he was the best player on his line. Yeah, he he came away by, with a zero by, zero, but I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, I don't. I, and again, I mean, McKinnon had a couple of helpers last night. Rantanen had a power play goal. I thought Jonathan Druin was, was. I thought his motor was going the best. I thought he was the best player on his line. Mm-hmm. I thought he was terrific. He put a lot of skill on display last night. I thought he checked well. Uh, I really liked what I saw out of him. I mean, I really did. So that's that, a uh, that's a good win, Vic. Now you got to back it up against Tampa coming up tomorrow night, and let's get a couple of uh, get right wins before we come in our home. Well, we we saw the beauty of the Avalanche passing again last night. That five hole pass to Rance for the goal was just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. It's exact. That, that reminded me of a Jokic pass in traffic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a yeah, bam so bam cool. play too. It was, it was one of those nights where you saw again. All right, that that's who they are. They, all right, they're back. They're in there. They're in there somewhere. We found them. They're good. They yeah. just they they had some struggles on the road, as we all know this year. So on the road now, they're thirteen, twelve, and four away from Ball Arena. Really good at home. But if they can get one tomorrow, Moj, if they can get one more against Tampa, you come back home, you play your next four or five. At Ball Arena, you could win five or six here, and all these concerns that we have about the Avs can be put at ease. I think that right. the, you can calm down a little bit on like, oh my God, is there something inherently wrong or wrong with the DNA of this team? Is there something that they're missing that's going to prevent them from getting to a championship? I think all you need is a little bit of a mini run here. Because I go back to last season, Moshe, wasn't the entire season like that where they, they win six of seven and then they drop five of six and then they'll win four of five and lose three of four? Like It felt like all of last year was like that. Yeah, it, it, it felt like it too, Kaner. And yeah, I mean, they've, they've got 20 wins on the home ice already this year. So let's just get on home after this and, and try to get, you know, again, another two points coming up tomorrow night. It's also an interesting thing because you've got – You've got Kucherov, who won't stop, can't stop, won't stop, um, you know, scoring goals and dishing out assists and everything else. I mean, he's got 90 points. McKinnon's got 87. So McKinnon's now three points back of Nikita Kucherov. Uh, you got those two guys going head-to-head, and you know that, they, you know, they're both going to be driven by knowing that the, the next closest guy is that guy on the other side of the ice. So that ought to be a super fun story. And, and here we go, man. Plus, you know, you think back to, to 2022 and the Stanley Cup championship and the Avs won in this building. So now it's now it's a special meeting to come into this place. Plus, it's Ross Colton's first trip back. 
I find that kind of interesting, too. A lot of different stories here. You know, Dexter uh, says, Druin's only flaw was almost netting one on Georgiev. He fired oh. that at Georgie. Well, uh, Riker seems to think, because well, he, he's trying to push it to his goalie. Riker seems to think, as he was in the process of pushing it, the guy from behind, uh, you know, lifted his stick, and so he um. gave it extra juice. I'm not so sure. Um, <laughs> that was freaky. Looked like, look like he was trying to go five hole, and I and I, and I almost freaked. I mean, I I almost I almost had a I almost had a bit of a conniption there. I don't know if you guys heard me in the booth. But I'm like, gah, 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 gah. <laughs> if that goes in, who does the gold belong to? It, the last the last capital to touch it, whoever that is. All right, let me ask you this: What if it comes right off a of faceoff? No capital touches it. You just shuffle it back to your goalie, and it goes in. Who gets the goal? Uh, well, I mean, if a guy, if a guy, whoever is taking the face off, they'll give it to that person. So even assuming if he, he got a stick on, on it. Face off. Uh, yes. So in, in basketball, sure. Vic, if you score on your own net, it's the closest yeah. guy to the ball, right? Is that the rule? That's the assumption there. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever's so closest. Turn around after a tip and just beeline to your own goal and, <laughs> and dunk, it's whoever's closest to that. That, that just, I want to see that. I want to see that. <laughs> I do too. Just, what about this? You think the opposing team is so inferior to you that you take opening tip, your own hoop, and throw down a tomahawk and just say, you we'll spot like, you You give like 12 points that way. <laughs> yeah. I would love it. I suggest the next time the Nuggets play the Lakers, do say, LeBron, that was for you, man. Yeah, no kidding. Did you guys um, catch the big bomb oh, uh, proposed trade that almost happened, according to Woj? That trade deadline last week, 24 hours prior, Lakers ownership and Golden State Warriors ownership got together and proposed a trade, the Warriors did, to get LeBron James reunited with Steph Curry, or n- not reunited, united, in Golden you State. Know what you say. So they were going to trade for LeBron James. Ultimately, he nixed it, and so did the Lakers. But my God. Have some shame, Golden State. Have some pride. Goodness so, gracious. I, I, look, there is a, and we're going to get to a basketball topic in a second. Um, but there, all these guys are so I, worried I, about their legacy. They're so concerned with the idea of how people perceive me and, and what my reputation is going to be when I leave the floor. Doesn't it matter to them how all of this stuff comes about? Like, doesn't a guy like KD, isn't it kind of weird that you're jumping to all these different super teams, you have a couple of championships to show for it, but it never feels like one is yours. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't doesn't that stuff matter? Because I'll tell you something, in a few minutes we'll talk about that subject of legacy and the way that people perceive you and how much that matters with somebody who used to be a nugget I, because he can't stop. I, I I need to excuse myself. Vic, I'm sorry. I'm going to need I think during this segment, I think for my overall health. Mm-hmm. And am I am I am I mad? Yeah, I'm friggin' mad. You know why? I, and I'm not mad at him. I'll explain it. But I'll have I'll have to say my piece, and then I'm going to have to excuse myself because I will curse today. I got no sleep last night. I had some sort of weird animal outside of my window at dawn, um, 
making a plunger sound. I thought my toilet was blowing up inside the hotel room. I figured out it was an animal when I opened the window and it stopped. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what animal it was. It wasn't that mother truck. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that I can have this conversation today, Brett. And I don't know that I want to have this conversation today. And you know what? I'm mad at myself. I'm mad at Vic. You're so friggin' stupid. You, you, you really are. You are so I'm friggin' gullible. I, I'm going to raise you're my like hand right now. You're, I'm, you're, listen. you're a friggin' Charlie Tuna. I am. I am. You know what I am? You know what I am? I'm, I'm too loving. I'm too gullible. I'm too... Uh, okay. What's the okay. word? Okay. I, I, I Brett, love well, I, human we're not, beings. Let, let's not do this. Let's not do this in this. Let's not do this in this segment right now. Yeah. Let's just quickly move on. Do you have anything on? Do you have anything on like a, a flying saucer or anything? What, what else you got here in this first segment? Anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let me see. Let me see. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I got this. Uh, I didn't get a rundown today, so I, I wouldn't know. I, I like this from Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber said he didn't want to do the Super Bowl halftime show because, quote, he wasn't feeling it, and I've never. Ever. That's maybe the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, no, 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 Vic. I've never felt closer to Justin Bieber in my life because the fact that I'm not doing it. Why? I'm just not feeling it. I've said that so many times. I actually appreciate that. I think that's kind <laughs> so of funny. Why did you come in the studio this morning? <laughs> I just wasn't feeling it. Not feeling See? it. I, you get it too. Now you understand yeah. Bieber. You know, it's, it's like I can either watch the game or I have to do a whole bunch of work. I'm not really feeling it. I think I'll just I'm hang out. not feeling it today. No, it, I'm not feeling it one bit. It's funny. Somebody on the – Somebody on the bus yesterday said, hey, uh, Sam, I'm going to get on a boat tomorrow. You get on a boat? Yeah, I'm looking out here. You know, you know the little boats mm-hmm. that we go on, Vic? A little boat yeah, here. Yeah, we remember the last time you got on a boat. And Rikers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the most and Riker says, humbling <laughs> moment in Mosier's history when he got the last time. Can anybody listening to this show, without us prompting it, without us telling you, anybody, Twitch or text, tell us what happened the last time Mark Mosier Got on a boat in Tampa. What happened? Why was he embarrassed mm-hmm. for getting on that boat? Somebody explain to yep. us. Go ahead. Go ahead, guys. Let's see. John Rock got it already, or Jack Rock. Anyway. Whatever. Yeah, you got it. Let me, can I, can, I please, can I please finish my? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I, can I, okay, well, maybe if I get on another boat, maybe I'll win another one. Can I get on my story, please? And Riker goes, I, 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 just, I mean, sort of like this, because everybody, dude, we're, we're two weeks into this road trip, and everybody's sort of fried, right? And Riker's just like, he basically stuttered, and hardly any words came out of his mouth. He goes, no boat. And I, I don't know, one of the, the social gals That's or whatever goes, why? He's like, I, 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 can't do anyth- I, I can't do anything that requires actual planning of anything right now. And that's, that, I, I kind of get that, man. You, you can't. You can't make any plans of any kind whatsoever. I respect that. It's just the no. I'm just wow. just not I'm feeling. Staying it. away from everything. Yeah. All right, uh, uh, lay out. Just not feeling. <laughs> lay out. <coughs> All right. Jesus. Um, when we, we are were, in segment one already, I, the this worst Mosier story should be, of the week. This 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 should be a this should be a happy morning. I mean, the Avs come back with a double up win. The Kings last night. In a tough grind-out game against the Phoenix Suns, I know the Nuggets will be shorthanded coming up this evening. We'll get to more of that, but you got an opportunity to get over on those guys. Finally, the silly Kings before the All-Star break, and 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 I allowed myself to to be vulnerable, yeah. and you and I'm just not going to do it anymore, Vic. And I bl- I have I no one to blame you. but you. All right, so I, let's I let's get you. to this, please. I want to get to Vic's naivete. I want to get to Carmelo 
uh, who is for some reason trying to rewrite history, and I want to know the reason why. I want to know the reason why he is outright lying to people about what took place 13 years ago. We'll get to it next. Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5, Mosher, Lombardi, and Kane. All right, so I have two questions. I was, uh, I think this was like a teaser for an episode that's coming out of Dwayne Wade's podcast. Uh, he's talking to Carmelo, and I don't know what this new thing is with these uh, very, very good and popular NBA players. Does everybody have a podcast? I think so. Like, do you know anybody that doesn't have a podcast? My mom. I think my mother has one on the side and we're Does not she, aware of. What's she talk about? Pasta? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here's the thing. First of all, what struck me was there seems to be this new, and maybe this isn't new. Maybe I'm just late to the party or something, but it feels like if you hit a certain tax bracket and you're a very, very good basketball player, you drink wine that has this much in the glass where it's just you're taking little, like those sips to it. I've told you this, nibbles. Vic. When I, when I drink wine, I drink in a wine glass, but I have a glass. Like, the amount of wine they have in the glass is how much yeah. I don't have in the glass when I'm done with my but pour. But that's improper. You're not supposed to fill it up to the brim. Yeah, but what do You're I not, care? I'm just bunch telling of posers. you what's improper. No, fr- no, 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 Vic. No, Vic. Bunch of friggin' posers. If you don't drink wine, drink wine. Don't sit there and, and go for every molecule one at a time. But it's not proper. So stupid. I don't give a rat's rip what it is. Why do I want to refill that much? I know I'm drinking more. Just put it all in the glass. Let's go. If you if you don't think I'm having half this bottle, then you're wrong. Half? So I might as well put it all into a frigging glass right now, you dork. It's more like how many? How many bottles? Yeah, it, 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 let, me, let me tell you something, Lombardi. It ain't like the glasses around your house. God. Oh, just a baby pee? ounce? No, man. Easy fills that maw up and then backs it with a Coors Light. That's the way people do it. So give me all this proper So that's number crap. one. Number two, though. Stupid. This you is ever wh- see your dinghy? <laughs> you ever get hit in the little dinghy? <laughs> I hope that's what your mom's podcast is. She drinks wine and asks people that question. Uh, all right, listen. Oh, my fire. So beyond today. that, beyond that, beyond the wine drinking. Okay, sure, whatever. Here's the other thing. Vic... Me and Moe's were yelling at you because you're like, I think uh, I interviewed uh, Mello at the Summer League, and he wants to, like, repair this relationship. And we're like, no, he doesn't. He's just posturing. He is. And you're like, no, no, no. I looked in his eyes. His eyes told me there was an honesty there. There was a real, real want and need to get back in the good graces of this organization. And then everything he said since then, Vic, has pissed people off. Because all of it is either a blatant lie yeah. Or a rewriting of history on his own part. So here's what happened. This episode has not come out yet, I don't think. This is a teaser to one that's coming out for Dwayne Wade's podcast. But here's the uh, interaction. The big three in Miami, Amari goes to New York. He was the first move to go to New York that summer. Big move for New York. They're balling. Amari's hooping. And then All-Star Weekend, the trade happens and Melo goes to New York. Talk to me about it. What are you thinking? Did you want to go there? New York never was the place, though. Like, oh, okay. It was people. People think that like I went in there and was like, "Get me out of here to Denver." Like that never was the case. 
That's it. That's the teaser to the episode. And I have two questions surrounding that small answer right there that we don't have the full context, but one, why does he feel the need to try and rewrite this part of his history? Because Mm -hmm. wouldn't this make sense, guys? Like, Nuggets fans aren't going to like his answers no matter what. But couldn't this be understandable? Hey, I was in Denver. We were close to a championship. I enjoyed my time there. But Madison Square Garden's the mecca of basketball. And if I were to win a championship with the Knicks, I'm going to be revered as a god in the basketball historical landscape. Wouldn't everybody kind of be like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Not that I like it. I get it. New York never was the place, though. But what is he talking about with that? He could have done it differently. Two things. Number one, uh, let me start by saying, let me start this whole thing by saying, I'm a very gullible man. I am a naive man. I believe too much in the human spirit. I believe people. I believe them for their word. I believe that they're good people deep down. And I'm not saying he's a bad person. I just said I believed him when he said he wanted to make amends and he wanted to make peace in Denver. I believed it and I tried to push for it. I vouched for him. I vouched for that man. I publicly vouched for him. And... All he's done since, he used ruined. you like a piece of toilet paper. He used <laughs> he, you, he used you like a birdcage liner. Hundred percent, hundred percent. He took me, used me, and threw me right out. And I feel terrible. I feel terrible that I fell for it. I feel terrible for myself. Again, I am um, I'm conditioned to believe people for their word. I don't know what the hell he's doing. I don't know if he's getting advice from the wrong people. First of all, when I hear guys like Dwayne Wade talk about, well, you know, Amari went to New York and all these super teams, you know, everybody blames LeBron for super teams and collecting all the... Uh, Dwayne Wade was among that group, too. He was he was a big deal with that super team in Miami. So they got the little group, the little super team group that always assembles, and that's that group, the little outfit. And Carmelo wanted his own super team. That's what he wanted to do. He saw what LeBron did. He saw what D. Wade was doing. He wanted his own little super team. He wanted to collude. And and here's my thing. Just just quickly, who could blame him? He just watched his buddies go out and put it together to win a championship. Why wouldn't you want a part of that? That's the way it was going. And he desperately wanted to play in his hometown. So to say he never went and said, I want to go to New York, he may not have said it. He may not have spit that out of his mouth. If anybody remembers the details of that trade scenario— it was a deal that was almost done with New Jersey at the time. Before they became the Brooklyn Nets, they were the New Jersey Nets. And the guy behind that deal was its former owner, Prokhorov. Do you remember the Russian billionaire who yep. owned the Nets? Prokhorov had a deal on the table for Carmelo. And it broke down. At the last minute, final hour, it broke down. And then the Knicks swooped in and made the deal happen. So... Either way, he was going to go play in the New York City area, whether it be New Jersey or New York, because that's where he's from. I would have far more respect if Carmelo just said what you advised. Hey, man, that's where I'm from. I want to play in front of my hometown. I want to play in front of my people. I I want to go home and do this at home. I, I No disrespect to Denver. I love my time here. We, we see this differently. Clearly, um, there might be some rebuilding going on here. I love and valued everything we did together. But please, let me go home and do my thing at home. 
That's the New way York never that. was the place, though. Like I, that's a lie. And George Carl already came out on Twitter on X and established that's a lie. He said nope. He wanted to be traded to New York, and then all things unfolded from there. So that's not what happened. I don't know why he's trying to rewrite history now. I don't know why he's doing this because it makes me feel sad and it makes me feel used. So here's what we're going to do now. Marty, you're first of all going to have your finger hover over the dump button. And then I'm going to throw it over to Mosier, who I, I don't see. It. Oh, is he back now? He's trying to get reconnected. Okay, so we'll give it a second. But I know Mosier wants to yell and scream about this. So... All right, looks well, like he's good. Before we get to, to Mosher, let me, let me say one I don't want to yell into, I don't want to yell or scream. I, I I don't want to. I may have before to. We get back so to you're going to lie to us too? <laughs> yeah, let me say one more thing regarding Melo and the Nuggets. It was my intent and it's been my intent for the last 2 years to calm the tension. I why? wanted Melo well, Why? Let me, let me explain myself. I don't let care me, what you let, want. Why why are you doing this? Oh no, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. See, people are getting so fired up now. Here's the thing, though, Moj. Again, I'll take this back to where I, what I started with. I think this is very simple. Like, if all Melo did was come out and say, I wanted to go there. And, and look, people are saying he's from Baltimore, not New York. Okay, whatever. What I'm saying is, on the surface, if somebody tells you, I wanted to go to New York to try and win a championship for one of the most popular basketball franchises in the NBA. The mecca of basketball in the world is Madison exactly. Square Garden. He's from I the East Coast and go- he has family in New York, by the way. He has family in Fine. New York. I, I know I know Carmelo Anthony, and I know his intentions. Baltimore doesn't have a basketball team, and he's not playing for the freaking Washington Wizards, okay? He wanted to go to that part of the country. So when I say he's from New York, he's got family in New York. He... Before he moved to Baltimore, he was originally from that area. The point I'm trying to make is I wanted to recondition that relationship with the Nuggets because I feel it's important. There's a great generation of Nuggets fans who were attracted to this team and brought into this team because of Carmelo. And for those fans who still value what he meant, I think it's important. He ruined all that. He single-handedly ruined all that. Yeah, Vic, you're going to have to just stop talking right now. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be collected in the tornado of rage that I'm about to impose <laughs> upon the entire free world. <laughs> and I don't want to collect you, man. I don't want you to be like that cow and twister that gets caught up in the friggin' tornado and then spit into Farmer John's field. Dude, uh, this guy thinks that we are all absolute friggin' fools. He thinks that we are absolute dunces. He's gaslighting the hell out of us. It, it's like he, he took a leak in our boots and told us, hey, it's raining. No, this isn't me taking a whiz right in your boots. This is, it's raining outside. This is such a rewrite of history and such a bunch of bull crap. It makes me want to vomit. The fact that we have to spend time on this program today to address this crap, it, 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 we might as well get it all out now because I was gullible. Vic, you were reeling me in. You realize that, right? Mm-hmm. Here I am. Consider me a tuna 
in the wide open sea. And here's Vic's hook. And when he's got a piece of meat on that hook, and he's like, this is your mellow hook. Why don't you come and give it a little lick? Just give it a little taste. No, it's good. This mellow hook is good. This hook wants to make amends. I talk to the hook. I talk to this piece of meat. And what they want from you is they want to be friends again. I said, well, last time you caught me, I had to wiggle my way off that hook. No, not this time, dude. And then, Charlie, Mother Truck, and Tuna right back up to the boat. You almost had me, Vic, and I was buying in. And you know why? Because you're playing on my emotions. And he played on my emotions. I loved Mello as a player. I've admitted that a thousand times on this program. I am incredibly thankful for what he did to get this franchise back to where it, it became a, a viable NBA franchise in, in one trip to the Western Conference Final. But if he's trying to rewrite history and, and trying to somehow absolve himself and wash his hands of all the crap that he pulled to get his ass out of Denver, Colorado, I've got it's, – it's almost impossible for me to lose any more respect for Melo, but I've done it, Vic, because every single step he's made along the way has been one step further away from any sort of reconciliation. And there was a time maybe when you had me thinking, you know what, it's a possibility, and maybe maybe somewhere down the line I could be okay. Because we were spurned, Vic, and you know it as well as I do. We were told you're not yeah. good enough. We were told I'm tired of your crap. We were told I'm, I, my wife hates this town. I saw the friggin' episode on television. I knew what was happening. I knew what was coming. And you're telling me, well, originally it was for the Nets, and then it was, dude, he, they're, 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 <sighs> If we're going to argue about semantics on the exact location, or I never personally said that, my agent did, or or if we're going to argue any of that stuff, then this guy is more disingenuous than I even thought he was before because it's an absolute flat-out lie. George Carl's Twitter proved it. I'm going to read this one more time, Vic, because you didn't read it verbatim. He says, look, I came back from cancer treatment. Mello demanded to trade. It sucked. The truth matters. But it's a long time ago. It's not news. Let's move forward. He, he's laying it out there and, mm-hmm. and telling Mello you're full of crap. That's not the way it went down. Unless I'm completely blown away by today's episode. I think it comes out today, the Dwayne Wade podcast. And Mello somehow corrects everything and says, yeah, well, this is exactly what happened. And I did demand a trade. We're not stupid people. We all know what happened. And he played that card up a million times. He played it up every time he came into town. as oh, I'm the villain. He loved it. He ate it up like morning breakfast. And all this crap continues to pile on because he's a liar, he's a faker, and I never want to see his jersey retired, and I will never forgive him, nor will I ever forgive you for making me gullible as well and sucking me in back to my emotional happy place. Um, can I ask a simple question about this? And, and maybe you guys got an easy answer, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Why does he do this? What's the I purpose? A- What's the purpose behind trying to relitigate history like, does he care that much about how Denver perceives him? Like, what is it? I think I, I know. He thinks I, we're friggin'. He thinks we're dunces. He no, thinks but, but we're why? Stupid. But what's the purpose of it? So go ahead, Vic. I'll t- I think I'll tell you why. Uh, before I get to that, though, I, I still, I still think there's a way to forgive him, and I really do. If he came out after all of this and looked in the mirror, and somebody advised him, and he made amends, and he personally flew himself out to a game here, and went out of his way to make amends. That would fix a lot of this for a lot of people, even you, Mosier, even as angry as you are today. If he took the step, if he brought uh, peace, if if he made the move, it would fix everything. He's not ready to make that move, clearly. In fact, 
He's walking it backwards rather. Than Do you think the Denver Nuggets wanted to trade away. Chauncey Billups? Do you think the Denver Nuggets wanted to trade Chauncey Billups? I understand. I'm just telling you. You're, you're, when you say you're, you're, when you, you are you are so friggin' high on gummies. If you think the Nuggets, <laughs> even for this okay, second, wanted to trade Chauncey Billups, hold on. This I want, all went down because it, it all went down, Brett. Because he it all went down because he forced it. I want Vic to answer my question. It. I want Vic to answer my question. What's the purpose behind this, though? Why does it? And people are saying, "Oh, it's uh, it's what's happening right now." It's that he wants to stay relevant, guys. He has a, a has hundred million dollars. Relevant. He doesn't has need nothing, attention. You know, do you want to know the real reason why he's doing this? Why he's lashing out? He's mad. He's mad. He's mad at two people. He's mad, well, people, relative terms. He's mad at the Nuggets organization for not idolizing him and not chasing him and not loving on him. And he's mad at Nuggets fans for what happened in that Portland Nuggets playoff series when he got vociferously booed. That shook him. It, sh- it shook him to the core. He was hurt by that. He felt so like what? he was. I'm so what? I was asked a question. Let me answer the question before you go off. He was hurt by that whole booing. I mean, just not only booing. I mean, it was like, and I don't blame the fans. I agreed with the fans. Listen, you're wearing the uniform of another team who wants to beat this team. You're going to get booed. He didn't look at it that way. He felt that the fans owed him a little respect for the decade he put in here. And don't you know treat him like crap. That's how he felt. So ah. he's mad. He is acting out of anger. He's lashing back because there's nothing else he can do about it. And that's why he's doing what he's doing. If he wanted to go someplace else and he just said, hey, look, I, yeah, Brett, I just let me be up front. This is important to me to go there and play or whatever. I, could, I would was get just it. Honest, it was just honest about it. Yeah. And say, you know, uh, you know, if I think back to it, yeah, I, you know, I forced it probably a little too much. And thank God. And, and we've talked ad nauseum. New York for, for never was the place, years. though. My ass. <laughs> we've talked ad nauseum for 13 years about what a great job Kiki actually did to make it happen, to actually get that some value Kiki. in re- Or not that Kiki, I'm sorry. Uh, Masai Ujiri. Excuse me, you're right. It was uh, it, we, what Masai did to get value back and to get pretty good value back for a guy who had the team over a barrel. And and look, I don't care if he's butthurt, Vic. It's like this. The Nuggets fans and the Nuggets are the ultimate jilted lovers, okay? Jilted lovers. You're not good enough for me anymore, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the, the one who did the jilting comes back to town and says, oh, well, you're not buying me dinner? You're yeah. an a-hole. You know, it's just, it's just a bunch, it's just, I, I just, I cannot believe the audacity of this Again, guy. We get, Again, we, my I cannot hang on, hang on. We fathom. Got, we, got, we got to get to a break. We can jump back to yeah, this sorry. a little bit later in the show. We got Jared Bednar coming up in 20 minutes. Stick around. Yo, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Watch the show on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Altitude SR. Brought to you by Safeway. All right, we'll get back to Mello in a little bit. We got Jared Bednar at the top of the hour, 8 o'clock, to discuss the win yesterday. Avs back in the win column. Um, I heard this report yesterday, NFL Network. Number one overall pick belongs to the Chicago Bears. They also have the number nine overall pick, and they also have Justin Fields. Um, I'm going to let Ian Rappaport tell you, because we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, like, 
as much as Sean Payton loves Caleb Williams, what does it take to move up to number one? Well, here's what Rappaport said. Um, I believe it to be very true that the Bears would need historic crazy compensation to come off one. That goes to show you how special they think Caleb Williams is. Now, I know they're not there yet. They're still trying to get to know him as a person. A lot that goes into this evaluation, but that is where it stands right now with the Bears and with Caleb Williams. If they're going to make a move, if they're going to give up on a quarterback that they believe can be a franchise quarterback, then it would take something special. And look, you never get the chance to draft number one. The fact that they got the chance to draft number one twice is just wild. And certainly they've made it count with the kind of draft picks uh, that they have acquired and that they have used and all of that. But that seems to be where they stand now. Planning to pick at number one unless something dramatically changes they get offered something crazy. That would be an indication that they would trade Justin Fields. So historic is the package that would need to be had to move off of number one. So obviously the Broncos are going to be out on that. They don't have historic assets that they could give up for it. But two-part question here. Number one. Is that like the most envious spot you could possibly be in where Chicago is, where not only do you have the number one overall pick, you also have the number nine? And and all I could think of is if Washington really loves Justin Fields, what if you trade to two and then trade again out of two? Would you look like Oklahoma City with 15 first-round picks over the next few years? Like, well, how is this even like possible? The, it might look like the Dallas Cowboys, the Herschel Walker deal. Vic, you remember that, right? I mean, the Dallas yeah. Cowboys got an absolute king's ransom from Minnesota for Herschel Walker. And, Brett, it's what set up their their little dynasty there in the, the early 90s. I mean, they, they set themselves up in a big-time way with the core of what became a three-time Super Bowl champion football team. So, And probably more if, if Jimmy Johnson hadn't been run out of town by Jerry Jones. I mean, no offense to Barry Switzer or anything, but he had a ready-made Super Bowl team right there for him. And, dude, I, I'm telling you, man, if I don't know that Washington's willing to go that crazy, but if you're the Chicago Bears, who's their GM again? What's the GM's name? Polis, right? Ryan Polis? Yeah. If you're him and you're Eberflus, and by the way, Eberflus did not get gas, so he's probably feeling pretty happy. If you do this right... If you're really clever and you do it right, or you don't even have to be clever, you just can't miss, man, you could turn your franchise around and set yourself up for a decade or more. Do it right. Do it smart. They've got a golden opportunity. you got to take the pain of labor to get the baby, and now's the time to get the baby for the Chicago Bears. The second part of the question is this, Vic. Is Caleb Williams a generational prospect? Because that's what historic trade value would would connote, right? Is that he yeah. is a generational prospect. And we can't throw that around too often. There's only a few guys. Like, think about this. Peyton Manning was an all-time great. But he wasn't a generational prospect because he wasn't even the first overall draft pick in his draft class. Like, that's reserved for Elway. Yeah. That's reserved yeah, for... Yeah, it was. Pey- Peyton Manning was number one. Wasn't he? Ryan Leaf was number two. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, that's right. That's right. I had those confused. So Leaf was two. Manning was one. Um, but you reserve those for guys like Elway. You reserve those for guys like Andrew Luck. Those are generational. Like last year, it felt like Caleb Williams was. Does he still feel that way? Like, is he still commanding that? Yeah. Don't At- take this wrong when I answer your question because I love you. You know I do. Uh-huh. I don't care what the Chicago Bears do with the number one pick. 
But hey, I don't <laughs> care. Hold on. Well, let me finish. Let me answer okay. the question. All right. I don't care about talking about the Chicago Bears and what they do. I only care if it affects the Broncos in some way. Our team here. Now, if there's a trade proposal, if they take that's, – that's the only angle I'll give you. Because I don't care what Chicago does with the first two picks. I'll never care. I don't care. But isn't – That's number one. Isn't that part of the discussion we were saying that Sean Payton really liked Caleb Williams and trading up, and then if it's an actual historical – Well, that's what I'm getting yes. at. Like, if it's historical sort of trade value, then you can't do it. But my question is, well, is it really historical, or is that just what the Bears are asking for because they feel, feel like they're in a position where they can ask for it? Like, I, is Caleb Williams that, that guy really? Yeah, let me speak for Vic here because he clearly cannot speak for himself today. He is the Charlie Tuna that got sucked in. Well, by you guys go ahead. You guys spend again. ten minutes on the Bears and what they're going to do. Go ahead. I'll I'll just chill and I'll get back to you in ten minutes. <laughs> but we, all right, sounds good. We'll have right. Coach Bednar coming up. Um, Brett, I, I I think what you're looking at here is that this situation has the ability to change the NFL landscape is what it does. And depending on what the Bears do at two and what the Bears do at nine, should they trade it to Washington, it definitely will affect the Denver Broncos at 12. If, in fact, quarterback is where Sean Payton and George Payton want to go, right, with that number overall 12 pick. So it does have a chance not only to shape this draft for the Denver Broncos, who have no choice but to wait for somebody to drop to them, essentially. But it has a chance to, to change the NFL landscape. You know, it has a chance to... 